Welcome back to Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My name is Zach. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Shamari. Hello. Hello. Glad to be back uh, hosting the show with you, as always. Uh, this is uh, this show is a, a very, uh, very special one, um, as I'm sure everybody can see by the title of the of the of the uh, title of this of this uh, episode. So. I'm excited. I this show has always been about us having a conversation and that is what's special for us, right? Because we just we started out as friends talking about Star Wars at you know without a microphone in front of us and now we're just still friends talking about Star Wars. We just happen to have a microphone in front of us. Yeah. So today's episode is going to be more that style than ever because I've never been less prepared with the structure and that is okay, I think. I think uh, I be, I think there's so much to talk about, and it was so hard to break it down into little chunks and segments, and I didn't want it to feel too forced. Uh, so yes, as Shamari you know, just mentioned, and as everyone, if you're listening, you've seen in the title, which what you clicked. This is our High Republic Phase One celebration, right? Uh, about a month ago, everything came to a wrap with Eye of the Storm number two, the High Republic number fifteen by Kevin Scott. It, phase one is over. We have months until phase two, but it just felt like the perfect time. Obviously, a big chunk of what we've talked about on this show has been the High Republic because that has been the biggest thing, Siri. You know, the most consistent, prolonged thing since we started this po- podcast. Of course, we've had the Mandalorian, we've had Bad Batch, we've had other things, but they've always been limited chunks. But the High Republic has been a year of awesomeness, and I thought it was just right that we celebrate that awesomeness. Um, so I'm excited to talk with you. I, we keep talking about it. We've talked about it every year, every week, not every week, but every few weeks, we're always talking about something in high Republic, but I'm glad to be able to do this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's very exciting. Um, it's been such high quality content, which of course has kept us talking about it because <laughs> I don't know that we will be talking about it if it was bad, every, every, you know, if every installment was just bad. Um, but it has been the opposite of that. A really practically everything has been great honestly um i mean it's you know i mean it really is just hats off to all the creators involved all the authors um have done an, an amazing job um anyone else who's been involved i'm sure the story group has been involved and in, you know helping to craft everything as well and you know they've had their meetings and, and everything so um but everything everyone everyone involved has done a great job it's one of those moments where if we were like in a video studio, we'd we'd be we putting like the applause track here because I really do think the entire team, the entire Luminous team, Kevin Scott, Claudia Gray, Daniel Jose Older, Justina Ireland, and Charles Soule deserve like a massive round of applause for kicking off what I think is possibly my favorite era in Star Wars right now. Um, in canon Star Wars, in terms of it being fleshed out, characters I love, stories just continuously hitting like month after month. There hasn't really been anything. There's, there's been no bad release. There's been no bad release. Each one has been enjoyable in different ways. Some we enjoy more than others, but each one has been enjoyable. And then Michael Seglane, who I believe is an editor or, or part of the group, the whole Lucasfilm story group, and then everyone at Lucasfilm who is letting this happen, um, who, who is pushing for this to continue um, in all the other formats, we might see it come to fruition so I, I, can't, I guess that's actually where I want to start off. So I, I actually saw a tweet earlier, um, and they were talking about, and I'd like to pose the same question to you. Right now, the High Republic is 
it's really strong. It has a clear direction, there's a clear story, there's a clear end. It's really strong right now, and that has been only through publication materials, only through books and comics, written materials. I saw a tweet that said, I personally, the, the author said, I think that my hot take would be that the higher public should stay in only written materials. What do you think about that? I uh, completely disagree. I would be very upset um, if if it wasn't at least attempted, you know, um, to put it in in some kind of of um, video format, <laughs> video or video game. I would count that as well. Um, uh, but but they got This is too good. It's too good, honestly. Um, if it was just okay, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, it's okay. I'd be like, well, you know, there are things I like, things I don't like. They want to keep it as a book. I'd understand that, you know, there's maybe some elements I wouldn't necessarily want to see or that I don't think could be pulled off. Um, this is something I think just Disney and Lucasfilm have the resources, you know, to to really do whatever they want, as we've seen with The Mandalorian and and you know everything they've done with these these Disney Plus series and um, and uh, the movies that have come out. Uh, I mean, they have more than enough resources to make you know almost anything at this point. So, um, no, I, I absolutely uh, I understand. Um, you know, especially coming from an author, but but uh, it's been so good that I want to. I, I definitely want to at least see it attempted to be through put in through some through another medium partially because and i was actually going to say this as well i feel like it's almost it's so disappointing that so many people don't know anything about it and never will if it if it if it doesn't if it's just released in book format um, because i'm trying to tell everybody that i know about it that cares at all about star wars and some of them care a lot of them don't you know it just is what it is <laughs> Um, even those that like Star Wars. So, you know, I think, I think it, the story's too good to, to, uh, you know, to not be, be, uh, you know, to not be delved into in any other, through any other medium, but, but writing. See, I agree. I, I agree with you, but I also, I also understand where the author of the tweet is coming from, because I feel like. Right now, this phase one and what I assume phase two and phase three, if it keeps going the way it is, is just so tight, right? There's so much direct hand and influence and planning from this story group that that you almost you almost fear it getting out of control or being taken out of their hands in a way that kind of dilutes the story. It's not as strong. And but then on, at the same time, I agree with you. I think one the average Star Wars fan ha has a very passing cursory knowledge of the higher public, if they've even heard of it, because it is relegated to just written stories. Um, and a lot of Star Wars fans aren't, ex you know, going beyond the movies. That, that doesn't make them, or, or TV shows, that doesn't make them not Star Wars fans. It just means that's how they consume their Star Wars content. And by only releasing it through books and written materials, they don't have a chance to explore what is a fascinating and wonderfully thought out era also though when we you know we bring up and there's the controversy around a lot of it 
but the Quantic Dream um, yeah. High Republic video game. Right now, if if I it was hinted at because the authors didn't make any direct comments the day that it was released. But I've been reading things, and it seems, and I could be wrong, so I'll put that I'll put that disclaimer out here right now. But and I could be wrong. But it seems that the authors don't have any real any real input into that story and into the development of that video game. Which of course the High Republic era isn't just two years worth of story, it's obviously a lot larger. But as I'm talking about the tightness and, and this this focus that the Luminous group has right now with phase one, the plans for phase two going back a couple, you know, a hundred years, plans for phase three. I don't want I want to make sure that we keep the heart of what we're seeing. The representation, the exploration of themes that we don't see in most other Star Wars. Um, so I guess I that will that's what worries me. I want to make sure that if we're making TV shows, if we're doing things like that, that we are involved, that we're involving the original creators. Because this is their baby. And they know their baby better than anyone else. Um, and, and I want to stay the same way you know, the same way you bring in George Lucas, right? right. When you're when you're talking about Yoda, when you're doing Baby Yoda, when you're when you're doing things on the Mandalorian that you know are going to bring in those elements, you want to bring in the master of Star Wars because this is his baby and he knows it better than anyone else. He understands the myth, you know, the mythology of it better than anyone else. So it's the same way I feel about the High Republic. I want to make sure that that they're closely involved so that one, it doesn't contradict, which we know Star Wars will do, and maybe not in a major way, but. It would just be a disservice to the stories that we've gotten so far if they contradict in any way. I think so. Um, it's it's I'm of both sides. Yes, I want to see it on the like the moments we've seen played out on on page. I would love to see on a big screen. That's just it. Of course, one hundred percent. I just I have some reservations about how they go about it. But but of course they could they could easily quell any fears I have or trepidation with just a sentence that says you know. And with insight by Charles Saul, we'll be developing this this new show. And I'm like, okay, then you're good. That's it. Then we're good. Um, but I thought I'd I thought I'd throw that out there. Any other thoughts? I mean, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I do think they should be uh, involved, um, or at least you know referenced, reached out to, given their blessing, something. <laughs> you know, in some way, shape, or form, they were. They said yes. You should do this and do that. I think this would work. I think that would work. Like you said, similar to how George was brought in, um, you know, for for like the Mandalorian. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I totally agree with that. Um, uh, and I, I, I'm probably not quite as concerned about it as you, but but I agree that I don't want it to get like too off the rails. Um, and there are some things in the High Republic that I like more than other things, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to as well. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a whole lot. There's a lot that there's so much that we've gotten, even in just in this first phase that can be dived into, um, you know, so. Um, so, yeah, I just, the, you know, there's a lot of different things that can that can be made into different put into a game or put into a show or a movie. Um, so yeah, I agree though that it it should it should be done right if it's not. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, some of the things that we'll get into in that there were some things we liked and some things we we that didn't go as well. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think anything was so bad that we went, "Oh, I never want to see that again," but didn't right. go as well. Uh, so I do want to get into that, you know, our highs and lows of the era so mm -hmm. far. But before that, I guess we haven't really had a chance to talk about 
the comics, right? In both comics, now you read you read the main series, correct? I did, yeah. And you read the Eye of the Storm two issues? Yeah, I read the Eye of the Storm. Yeah. You didn't read Adventures. I did not read Adventures. That's the omission. Um, I didn't read the High Republic Adventures. Uh, I did read uh, the Trail of Shadows, uh, which was very good. Right. Right. Yeah, very good. And um, uh, Monster um, Temple Peak, I believe, is called. uh, Yes. Which is also good. Four issue miniseries. Yeah, um, but I didn't read the Hyper Republic Adventure. It's actually the only one I didn't read. The Monster Temple Peak. Oh, really? Yeah, I um, it's downloaded. Yeah. It's sitting on my tablet, downloaded, oh, yeah. just for yeah, some weird yeah. reason it fell out of the rotation for me. Yeah, that one's good. Um, I gotta you read know, it. Definitely, you connect more with the, uh, with, with the um, I forget her name. I don't know. I don't Hi. Know her name. Yes, um, but you connect a lot more with her, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's a nice kind of like a side a side story. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like you know when we talk about our, much of our coverage of the High Republic has been the books. We pretty much outside of one or two, which we didn't get to. One, our entire recording was just scrapped, and my my beautiful, wonderful computer over here went and destroyed it. So we had a two hour conversation on the Rising Storm, and that was in the garbage. Um, and then we didn't really meet for Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland. But outside of that, we have touched on pretty much every book that has released in mm-hmm. in this higher public era within the last year since the beginning of, you know, since January 2021. We haven't talked about the comics. What did you think of the main High Republic comic um, by Kevin Scott and, and ro- some rotating artists? Um, I, I'm going to pull those up as you talk about it because I want to make sure they get proper credit. But, you know, all those issues in later... 15 issues what did you think uh, it was great it was it, it is a great um comic uh Keeve is one of my favorite jedi probably at this point um uh and uh you know really sad about <laughs> what's going on with skier right now um very sad it's just a sad just just a sad um situ- just a sad thing to happen um but but it was it was fantastic it was really really well done and and how it connected how everything connected to to what happened on starlight beacon or what happened to starlight beacon was just so well done um uh, i do kind of regret that i didn't follow it like while going through all these books um you know you really get the benefit of going through everything together uh, and it's just, um, I think that's something I'll be much more paying much more attention to in phase two, uh, making sure that I get these like each issue and book <laughs> and everything as they come out. But it was really, really well done. The, the characters, the, all the artists did a great job as well. Um, the story was Great, Kevin Scott is fantastic. He's becoming one of my favorite authors. He's great, so he did a, he did a wonderful job. It it's something that I couldn't recommend to everyone, and not the comic series, but the way that you mentioned consuming it in terms of following, you know, month to month, while also making sure you're following through with the books and everything, because there really is that added benefit of seeing the stories intersect yeah. and enrich each other. There is something to be said, and I think that's part of. 
I haven't been so involved in Star Wars publishing than I was with the High Republic because it was so it was so captivating. It was so enriching to be able to follow these stories almost week to week between the books and the comic series and the multiple comic series. I was reading something High Republic almost every week. And it was really cool to just constantly be going back and forth and see how it plays into each other. Um, and so it, it, I think the High Republic comic itself, sometimes I, I struggle to separate from the overall events of the High Republic because I'm so, um, and, you know, it's all so connected. But I, I think Kevin Scott has such a handle on Star Wars. The Rising Storm is my favorite of the adult novels. Um, of the three adult novels, Light of the Jedi, Rising Storm, Fallen Star. Rising Storm is my favorite of those three. Um, it, I think he has such a handle on the characters. I think in a lot of ways he did a... I feel like there was a lot of out... Not outrage, but people wanted Avar Chris' spotlight. They wanted that the, the same way that Elzar Man and Stellan Geos in the books kind of were the main characters in those last two, if, if you have to give them main... If you have to assign main characters. And I think he did this wonderful way of giving us Keeve as a main... As, as pretty much the main character in the higher public comic who i think is phenomenal who might be one of my favorite jedi also um just as you but also giving us avar chris someone who i think gets a hole in this 15 issues has won a massive arc who starts as this shining beacon this 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 up there with selling as what the order should be and then who is tested again and again who has to work with the huts who almost loses fellow Jedi, you know, halfway through the series to the towards the, you know, the back third of the series, who then loses her faith and almost commits murder. Or or who does? She does. Like she straight rips rips through people when she goes to get Lorna D. When they're going to spoil I should have I should have mentioned full spoilers, and that's obviously in the description if you're reading the episode. Um, but full spoilers obviously for for what we're gonna talk about. But and she goes through on not not a dark path. I don't think she ever loses her light like or her way in the way that Elzar did um, in the Rising Storm. She's not as tempted, but she is so overcome by these losses and the people she's losing that she gets frustrated and she sees no other way and she's angry. And then to see her come wrap back around in that last issue was powerful. I thought that last issue was incredibly powerful where she is doing everything she can to save. She gets back onto Starlight and she sees a Stalamaru like holding up the beacon by himself. Like yep. keeping everything been coming in, and he says, "You were always our shining star." And she's just she's overcome with emotion. She's being reminded of who she was and how people saw her. Um, and and then she is this song in the force. And so I love the way he ties in all these elements from the beginning to the end and the other stories. I I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it ties perfectly into the fallen star. I should mention, I wanted to say that the pencilers for the, there are a bunch of inkers, letters, and colorists to go through, um, so that'd be hard, but the, the two main pencilers were Ario and Indito and Jorge's Janti, um, on, and the art was fantastic all the way through. So, uh, I, I was a huge fan of the series. I think it's great. I think it's some of the best Star Wars comics that we've seen too, right? Like, uh, I put up there, I, I put up there, you know, the Darth Vader, Charles Soul run, um, Right, I, I, there are a few others, but I think this is up there. I think you're right about that. I think it is up there. Um, I love the Kanan uh, comic as well. Yeah, uh, that's right. I did too. I have that in hardcover. Oh yeah, but yeah. That's 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 when you need you need the whole like collection of those oh, yes. um, together. Um, but yeah, that one's really good. Like you said, the Darth Vader comic is really good. Um, and yeah, like you said, there are a few other ones, but. 
Uh, the Paul Dameron comic is also fantastic. Yes. See, yes. Okay, that is one that actually slips by most people, I think. I don't yeah, think that's no. on most people's radar. And I love the Poe Dameron comic. It's really good. And I, I was late to it, too. I read the first volume when it came out. And okay. yeah. I didn't keep up immediately. But then after 8 came out. Um, and mm-hmm. then when 9 was... when In the lead-up to 9, I saw that the... Um, that vol that the last volume of Podamer comic did take place after eight, and I right. said, "Well, during eight and after eight with the Black Squadron members, who I love, who I want more of, by the way, um, yeah. I fell in love with that group." But yeah, I I, I think people slept on Podamer, and I will forever um, like champion its cause. But but yes, but I think the High Republic's up there. Yeah, High Republic, yeah, it definitely is. It was really really well done. I can't wait for it to come back. For the second phase, I have very high expectations. I would probably, I may want them to rotate the the authors. Um, even as much as I love Kevin Scott, if they just stuck with him, I wouldn't, I would not be complaining. But I may, I may want them to run to rotate a little bit, just because you know I know, you know Charles Soule is is a fantastic, um, comic book writer. I I know that he is. I know that Charles Soule is doing, um, that. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name, but he's doing a this in the similar way to he how we did the Eye of the Storm two issue series. He's doing one for oh the Blade of Bardada is his title, but his actual name I'm drawing a blank on. Um, but he was a character that was featured mostly in Light of the Jedi. Um, that worked on the outpost with Bell and Loden, and um and um, I'm and Indira Stokes, and I'm drawing a complete. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, I, I don't remember either. I, yeah, but I know that I know. I think yeah. Kevin Scott is. Oh, this is me going on. I can't remember when they announced it, but I believe Kevin Scott is returning for the Phase Two comic, also main comic. Um, but I'm oh, not sure. sure. But I'm yeah. not sure. But but I. It's like one of those things. Yes, I would love a. I'm with you. I'd love a rotating, and we're getting a whole bunch of new writers as well. Yeah. And so when That's we go into the whole. When we go into the whole, you know, the future of the High Republic, which we will in a bit, which I want to talk about, um, but we are getting a bunch of new writers, which is exciting, and they're being brought in and they're being rolled in, which is nice. It's not, it, and I think that yeah. this is purposefully yeah. planned. Again, I don't get a sense of anything being unplanned. I yeah. get a sense of everything having purpose. Yeah, I do too. It's so comforting. It's so comforting. So much more comforting than what was going on in the, in the movies. Um, I was trying and, not to mention it. And, and I, I, I had to hold my tongue. That's <laughs> hard. It's so much more comforting than what was going on in the movies. I'm not even trying to bash the movies. I mean, I can still watch them. You know, it's not like they're unwatchable or anything, but you could see that they weren't just in how the story was went. You can see, and he, they even said it, it wasn't planned. Um, and even, honestly, I'd lump in the TV shows, or the, the streaming shows, too. Um, you know, I don't think everything was just planned for all these shows, um, you know, and, and they're kind of still still deciding how they want to do things. And that's fine. But this is just to know that they know where they want to go and what they want to do is just it's just like, you know, it's just you're exactly where you want to be um, as a reader, <laughs> as someone that's enjoying this content um, and how good it's been. Um, it's just it's it's wonderful. So uh, yeah. So talking, getting to work. I'm getting towards that section where we talk about the future of the higher public in terms of storytelling. Um, but before we get there, what I thought would lead mo- give me more glimpses into what the future could be 
but I didn't get so much, and we haven't talked about it all, is the Eye of the Storm comic. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is the two-issue series that details Markion's past, mm-hmm. his, you know, his machinations about the, from, through this entire run, and what his true purpose is. If he has, like, an underlying purpose... And it, 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 the comic hints that maybe there is, maybe there isn't, maybe he's lying to himself about it. Um, but that his real purpose is that he doesn't want anybody telling him what to do. That nobody should have to tell them what to do. That that he won't be at the at the behest of anyone and under anyone's rule. And that this is all his. Um, I was hoping for more of a like a um, a hint as to where we're going in the future. I what did you think of the comics? What did you think of the two issue series? Um, I loved it, uh, honestly. Um, so I, I just, you know, I just want, I just want more of this story. I love Markion Rowe. He's such a good villain. I was so impressed, uh, just throughout, just throughout the whole, the whole of this whole phase with, with, of how good he is and how good the, the Nile are as, as antagonists. I personally, um, so I would say, I was a little bit more like enthralled maybe by the first issue um, just because um, just because of showing his past. I just I didn't know because I'm so curious about. So what happened? What what made him like this? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So how did we get here and seeing his species and what happened to them? Um, and. And how, where they, how they were on that planet, and it's just they're just never comfortable there, and everything, just, just like how, how you get a being to become like this, and how they get this power, and how like his grandmother started the, the, you know, started had all this, had a, you know, started, so she was like, she like started this whole thing, and then his father took over when she was gone. You know, and he had, you know, he was able to to kind of lead the gang and give them all this power um, and all that. And uh, and how Markion then took over. So I don't know. I mean, I thought it was really I, I, I'm just re- I was just really captivated by that. The second issue was good as well. Um, you know, you kind of learn you learn more about it as well. And then it go, kind of goes into the future and like you said he he just he wants power which is i'm cool with that honestly i don't mind it i don't mind um that he it's kind of it's a little simple um uh but i i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll get even we'll dive even deeper i i really i really do i think we will i think we're going to dive even deeper into Markion Row. Um, I have no I have no doubts about that. I definitely think that this is just a beginning. We still have two yeah. more phases. I have no doubts that we're going to see more of his people, um, if not his father, then someone in his lineage in phase two. Um, that there at least be very at least hints, right? At least hints as to as to how we got the person that we got today. And we obviously we got the story in the first issue, which I did like. I agree with you. Um I, I the first issue I thought was more exciting in explaining his backstory, where he comes from, his family, his father. Um, I liked seeing that. Issue 2, my favorite part, it's really him, it's the, the whole issue is really him telling the story of how he got the, how he got the, the nameless, they're called, um, that, that, the yeah. je- that destroyed the Jedi. Um, he's talking to his prisoner, or his uh, master, Orba Tuck, 
uh, held prisoner, and he's gloating over the destruction of Starlight Beacon. And I think my favorite part was seeing just the whole Republic scramble to react and having no answer, which I thought was cool. And I think the simplicity of his plans, while some part of me is like, oh, you know, is that it? The other part of me is okay with it because I also think they have to make sure that it doesn't have any kind of... This is only a couple hundred years before The Phantom Menace. It can't be something with such deep machinations and plans that he has... That'll, that'll alter the galaxy forever. Because we know that the galaxy isn't altered so greatly between now and the Skywalker saga. We know that, you know, obviously you can take Yoda's, um, you can take Yoda's words, you know, obviously not at face value because we, we do that in Star Wars and we, we retcon things and blah, blah, blah. But um, he says there's, there's been peace for a thousand generations. And I think the biggest thing that I th- the comic was hinting at was that they are making, they're pretty much making the outer rim a no-fly zone. It's 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 right. the outer rim is closed off. They set up those traps um, with the help of Chansey Yarrow and those gravity well, uh, the gravity well project she was working on in Out of the Shadows that we saw by Justina Ireland, and making sure that these ships aren't able so that when the RDC, the Republic, Republic Defense Coalition, tries to enter outer rim space as just a peacekeeping protective force for those planets, they don't, uh, their, their, their efforts fail. And I think that just kind of leads to the, the, the state that we see the outer rim in, in the Skywalker saga and after. The, the outer rim is a lawless place where the Republic does not go. That is ruled by syndicates, gangs, and the Hut Cartel, right? It it that is the Outer Rim. So I think right now that's they're playing with with that and setting that up, which I th- which is good, which is good, and and they're not trying to go beyond or make massive changes to the universe. So I think the simplicity works. Um, I did greatly enjoy the comic though, uh, by Charles. So I think he's another guy that just gets Star Wars as well as anybody. We've talked about him. We've talked about his runs and his books. I, he gets Star Wars as much as anybody. So I, I, but I do agree with you. I think we're going to get more. I do think we're, there is going to be more to all of this. So that has me excited. Um, I did want to mention that as we're going into the, the, the second era, and we don't know much about the second era uh, outside of a few hints, except for the fact that it's going to go 150 years further into the past. Um, but the four authors that we mentioned earlier that will be joining the original Luminous Five are Lydia Kang, Tessa Grattan, Zareta Cordova, and George Mann, who I believe all have some experience with Star Wars. Um, whether it be, uh, I know Zareta Cordova wrote the yeah, uh, uh, She's Tower of Fates Crash. Uh, what is it? Oh, I know George Mann wrote has written some stories. He's also his. I'm pretty sure his stories were in the um. The, uh, from a certain point of view, collections. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not sure where the other authors are from. But what yeah. are what are you excited for? So uh, we're talking the future. Before we get to the highs and lows and, and what we liked and didn't like and favorite things. As we go into phase two and phase three, what are you excited to see? Both from a storytelling perspective, right? Um, and, and what happens in the story, but also from just a structural perspective, from the books and the authors and everything, the comic series. Um, so I'm excited to... That's a loaded question. More. I apologize. 
No, it's okay. <laughs> so I'm excited to learn more about um, Markeon Rose species and his people. I think we will. Um, uh, I think we'll learn more about. Well, we kind of did learn about, like you said, the, uh, the nameless and uh, so the creatures he's using. Kind of did learn about them, but um, I feel like we may learn a little bit more about that. Um, I feel like we may learn more about the um, the disaster that was hinted at in um, in. I don't think it was. I don't think it was the fallen star. Was it the I fallen think it was star? Mission, I think it was mission to disaster. Yeah, in Mission to Disaster. Um, I think we may learn a little bit more about that. Um, and I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, the rest is kind of, to me, honestly, is an open book. I, I really don't know. I was not expecting them to kind of travel backwards in time. Um, we may get more Drengear, possibly. Though, I'm going to be honest, I kind of hope we don't. That was that was one of the things that I wasn't the I wasn't as big of a fan of personally. I don't think it was terrible, um, but it was not. It's one of those things where it just it was not nearly as good as how much as I love the Nile. The Nile was just done so well. Mark Elroy was done so well <laughs> um, that that I I'm much more excited about about that story. But I think we may get more Drangir just because we know they they exist. Um, though we, th- though I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but so yeah, I don't know. Um, and we may get something. It is just a personal hope. Uh, we feel like we we may get some kind of Sith tie-in, um, or, or dark side tie-in that may circle may come back in Phase Three, because that's the one thing. If there was anything missing as a Star Wars fan, it's any kind of dark side, um, and not just temptations. From the Jedi, actual dark side force users, and I don't count. Um, I forget her name again. The the the, the lady from uh, Temple Peak. I, she doesn't count. I need an actual dark sider. <laughs> uh, I feel you. I feel you. So so that's the only thing that's missing. Uh, you know, if we're talking about like a wish list of Star Wars things, so I'm kind of hoping we get some kind of tie into that. Um, in Phase Two or Three. Honestly, but you know, so that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. You definitely hit the nail on the head with it's an open book. I I truly think that we don't know what's coming. I think it's a mystery. I think they've dropped hints in terms of there's some kind of disaster for phase two that we're gonna explore. Um and we obviously in terms of phase three, there are gonna be elements from phase two that will play into the present day elements of phase one. Um, so, you know, we want to know the biggest questions we might have, and that's how I originally envisioned this episode, was a, our questions for the future of, of the higher republic. But I I felt that was kind of hard because, because everything is a question, right? I want to know what happened to all my favorite Jedi. Uh, there are certain Jedi that didn't show up at the end of their comic series, right? You didn't read High Republic Adventures, but a lot of those characters, I want to know what happens next with them. They weren't talked about. We don't know what happens after the... Starlight Beacon. There are characters like Vernestra Rowe that we don't see. Um, there, there are a lot of characters that I just want to know what happens after, and I want to know how this whole thing plays out. It's like, but that's the big question that anyone would be asking after the end of a story anyway. Um, so it felt hard to do that way, especially when we know so little. So we had more crumbs and hints to go off of. 
I was going to go there with it. Um, it's an open book. The Sith thing I like, if at, at the least just so, the seeds of it, right? We know that the Sith return in full force with Sidious, right? The, obviously, the Sith return in full force in Sidious. They haven't seen a Sith in forever. Um, and we know they were working behind the scenes. We know Sidious. We know Plagueis. So we could, we also know we have the Acolyte, which is still apparently in 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 the works, which is supposed to take place at the end of the High Republic era. So I'd imagine that the the storytelling group is going to find some kind of way to drop hints for that too. I feel like the Drengear was their way of giving us some kind of force connection. Right, like a dark side type thing, because the Drengear were full dark side. Like they just emanated yeah. dark side. And I felt like that was this way this era's way of giving us that little dark side. Though it's of course it's not the same as the Sith at all. Um so I, I would like to see yeah, that's like personal reasons. That's that's they're obviously personal. I we we, we, we both love the Sith. And right. and their whole ways and their whole everything. So I'd love to see some Sith too. Um, I'm excited for what all of the new authors bring. By by the time we got to this third wave of the High Republic Phase 1, we were getting so many different stories. You had the manga. You had multiple comic series, both limited series and ongoings. You had multiple novels, middle grade, young adult, and adult novels. There's so much comment. And with these original authors still involved, plus the new authors they're bringing in, we're... I'd have to assume we're getting more, right? I would, I would think so. That like the um, output will be greater. Someone's taking a break. I, um, I, no one has said from all in from all interviews given, both on the Higher Public show that they did last either last month or the month before, right? All these authors are still very much involved in what's going forward, very much involved, and they all have projects that they're working on. So I may it, it could be less projects than they were working on the first phase, right? You know, they still are accomplished authors outside of Star Wars. All of them have other projects outside of Star Wars, of course. So, from a logistics standpoint, it even makes sense to bring in other authors. That makes sense. But I have to assume, with them still being involved, that the amounts of publication materials we're going to get are going to be even greater. And I see that as a good thing. Not as a bad thing, as a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's uh, 100% a good thing. Um... I mean, the more the more stories we get, and I've loved, um, you know, the 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 few things I've read from uh, Zareda Cordova and George Mann. Um, the other two I have not read anything from, uh, as, as far as I as far as I know. I th- I think um, the first person you mentioned may have may have written a short story in a certain point of view. And by which, you, by the way, you still have to check those books out if you haven't yet. Um, uh, those are no comment. Oh boy, you say yeah. You, it, you can also see them as an introduction to some of these authors too. Fair, they write, you know, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair so enough. you'll get a good a good feel for for what their writing is like. But um, I've loved everything I've I've seen from them. George Mann wrote the uh, myths and fables, uh, I believe. Um, I think he he may have done the comics. Uh, some of the some I, maybe I, I may be wrong about that, but um. But, but I, but I love what he wrote, and so I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm just excited for for the content that we're gonna get. I completely agree. I think we're gonna get a lot more. Um, I, and 
you know, it kind of goes back. I don't, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but I'm excited for it. <laughs> so it's, it's just, yeah, it's just very exciting. So apparently Tessa Grattan, who was the second author I mentioned when I listed off the new ones, actually has a short story coming out in the upcoming anthology that this, okay. this, I, this one bypassed me, um, called Stories of Jedi and Sith which comes out June 7th, 2022, with stories by Roseanne Brown, Sarwat Chada, Delilah S. Dawson, Tessa Gratton, Michael Cog, Sam Maggs, Michael Morrissey, Alex Segura, uh, who wrote the, uh, the Poe Dameron co- uh, book, Freefall, Vera Strange, and Karen Strong. So, okay. so I think that, I think this is uh, the first by Tessa in terms of Star Wars contribution, but I'm not entirely sure. But um, they're all involved in Star Wars some way or another. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. Um, I am with you. All right, so I figured we got... We've we touched on like a lot of different things in, in this first section. I kind of wanted to leave this, this last section to our favorite things and our not-so-favorite things. Okay. Um, our favorite Jedi, our favorite characters, our least favorite characters, our favorite stories, our least favorite stories... Our favorite elements, our least favorite elements, like the drink gear, apparently. Um, so I, I guess, take it away. Give me, give me, give me a, give me some of your favorite characters throughout the entire first year. Um, so my favorite characters, boy, there's, I mean, all the Jedi. Can that be? Does that count as my? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Shader. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, so my favorite characters, I already mentioned Keeve. Keeve is a fantastic character. Very excited to see more stories. Um, I want her to be in some of these books, some of these novels. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, uh, Elzar, I, I mean, Elzar man is just so complicated. He's got a lot, he's got a lot of, a lot of, uh, Stuff going on, a lot of soul searching to do. Um, he's got a lot. There's got a lot. There's just a lot going on with him. Um, uh, so he's got a lot of work to do. Um, but he is definitely, definitely one of my favorites. I'd say for, uh, at this point, uh, Yoda. But he doesn't count because he's been Yoda for for as long as Star Wars has been around. Yeah, and we got him for all of like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I, I just, we all love, we all, no, love of course, who doesn't? Um, and I really stumped you with this, didn't I? Yeah, I, I was not expecting a favorite. I threw, I threw you off. See, I didn't you, see. You, you I, I, we go into this usually with some, well, occasionally some yeah. quick bullet points, and I was like, no, I'm just gonna throw it and hope he comes up with yeah, something yeah. good. Yeah, I, so I don't have a list. I'll say Keev, Elzar Man, um, and uh, I mean, I like Belzedifar as well um mm-hmm. they have to they have to kind of leave him alone he they keep messing with him i know embodiment yeah. of like the jedi though <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. Cool. you know so um and mark yonro mark yonro's been oh, of course of course he's fantastic uh and lorna d has been really good too i was surprised at how good lorna d is um uh-huh. so those are those are my favorites okay I'm about to one up you because I got a list. And so oh, when wow. you said when you said that I don't have an actual written list, but man, when when you were talking, I got this whole thing stacked. Um, when you said all the Jedi, I said I called you a cheater. 
you can't do that. But I'm about to list like a ton of Jedi. So forgive me, but I happen to love almost everyone that the um that the uh that that we got this first year. Um, I've mentioned multiple multiple times. I love Vernestra Rowe. Uh, yeah. I love Keith Trennis. Um, mm-hmm. I love Avar Chris. By the way, tattoo coming in two weeks for Avar. I'm very excited. Um, I love Stellan and Elzar. I think they Stellan became such a more uh, became a deeper character than I ever would have imagined. Yeah. Um, because beginning going into the Rising Storm, and then even through the Rising Storm, it felt like hero, 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 hero. Face yep. of the Jedi. What did I care? P- typical Golden Boy. Um, and I think the Fallen Story. I painted him in this beautifully flawed man struggling with his reputation type of way, and I really enjoyed that. I love Elzar, like you said, complex, deep. He's got so much going on. He's struggling, but it's never. It never falls into I'm straddling. It, he straddles the line, right? It's never I'm in one camp or I'm in the other. I'm good or or I've definitely fallen to the dark side. It's like no, they, like he's right. He he sees those urges and he sees those temptations and he recognizes his feelings, um, but he's working on it. He worked on it with Orla Jereni, who I loved also. Um, the whole crew of Affy and Geode and um, and I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Wonderful, but that whole crew I loved. Yeah, um, I, I know. I know Geode was a little bit. Yeah, Leox. Thank you. I know Geode was a little bit much for you. We talked about after the Paul. Yeah, song. he's another one. Probably not. Um, I love all of the Geode memes I see <laughs> when I come across Twitter now, man. Where people are like, "Oh my god, I found Geode!" and it's just a, a rock, and I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> I yes, I'm okay with that." Um, I love Lorna D as a villain as much as I love Markion. I also really love Lorna D, um, and I think a lot of that also comes from the beautiful backstory we got by Kevin Scott in Tempest Runner. Yeah, um, so- and. I, so tragic, so beautiful, and so Lorna D really rose the ranks for me. Um, and then a lot of smaller, smaller characters, right? Like you didn't see not small to me. The Higher Public Adventures. I love Zine. I love Lula. Now you got a taste of them in um, Midnight Horizon, but I really think by the end of the comic run, you will fall in love with the two of them as well. So I, I, and I think they are a beautiful exploration of two characters coming to grips with their feelings. Um, and their love and for each other. Uh, and an, just another exploration of, of, and they touched on it obviously in Midnight Horizon, but the comic series by uh, DJ Older does, does, does it so much justice. Um, Cantum Psy uh, from Midnight Horizon, I think, explored beautifully by, by Daniel Jose Older. Um, yeah, I guess I'll stop there because the list could keep going. I love Ty. I love the interaction. I even though I've yet to read Temple Monster Temple Peak, um, but but I would have to say that that I, I cheated. I cheated. You said all the Jedi, and I didn't let you go. I wanted actual names. Yeah, I, was say, I, I just listed I it. any characters left. Though I, I would. Maybe not. <laughs> though I um, I, 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 I forget to mention uh, Bariaga as well. Bariaga, um, yes, I forgot to mention Bariaga also. Who. who who has to be alive? He has to be alive. He better well, be. If not just for Bell's sake, the fact that I just came yeah, to love right? and the Fallen Star. <laughs> Bell, by the way, who was put through the ringer through the entire first phase. So shout out to him for losing like two masters, <laughs> almost uh, losing two masters, almost losing his new best friend. Oh man, I this poor guy. Um. So so yeah. All right now. Least favorite characters. 
Now, not characters that were obviously meant to be annoying, right? right? Like there's that guy in The Fallen Star who tries to ruin everything, who obviously was written to be a horrible character. So not like that. But I think main characters, or maybe not main, but recurring characters that just didn't do it for you. Who's Who's on that list for you? Right. So I already mentioned the drinkers. So they're already. Yes. Yes. Already yes. That. Um, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned Geode already. Not the biggest Geode uh, person. Um, at first, you know, I thought, okay, maybe there's going to be more to this. It doesn't look like there is. It's just, you know, a rock that's just, uh, you know, uh, alive. You know, we, we have to. We have to it's just, it's just saying. So I was like, okay. Um, uh, there's honestly there's not much i like almost everyone um uh there was even that even that senator or, or i don't know if it's a senator or an ambassador the one that was a uh, the i think they're uh i don't think they're they're, they're not a bith they're one of the one of the other species but uh kind of really loud mouth one that's kept complaining about how they need they need so senator nor nor was yeah that i think that's one yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, uh, but I think they were meant to be kind of. It seemed like irritating. They were know? supposed to be irritating. Oh, so, sure. you know, it, you know, it's not. They, they what don't about care. Nan? Yeah, yeah Nan. Is. You like Nan? Oh, Nan. Oh, uh, so I have mixed feelings about Nan. I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't put Nan in that category just yet. Um, I liked Nan, um, in in the first. A book that she appeared in um she was i was fine with that i was totally fine with that had no issue with that with her role in that um her appearances later on um in uh in both the fallen star and i think she was also in um out of the shadows i think she was in yeah 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 both of those i was not the biggest fan of um um, so, so yeah, that though, so I, Nan, I wouldn't say, um, I wouldn't put her down yet. I, she's fine. Um, but in moderation, I don't think she should be like the main villain of, of really any book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I wouldn't, but I, I wouldn't say I, I really, really like dislike her or anything like that, but I just don't know, you know, what the, what they plan to do with her character. Um, uh, but yeah, that's honestly, that's it. I liked everyone. I like Lena So. She's another one. Um, That's one I forgot to mention. Yeah, I like Lena So. She's great. Great, great, great. It's nice to have a count like someone in politics who legitimately just wants to do good. Yeah. You know? There's no ulterior motive. There's no... no, None of that. It's just, I want to unite the Republic in this galaxy. Yeah, I haven't seen any hint of any kind of secret evil plot. You know, I guess that that could be a shoe that's still yet to drop, but I haven't. I I doubt it. It doesn't seem like it so far. Um, so yeah, that's really it. Um, you know, I wish we could have gotten more. You know, Loden Greatstorm. He left. He's gone. You know, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's really it. I am with you. I, I, I think they did such a great job of fleshing out even every side character yeah. to a point that even if they are bad or acting in a reckless way or a way that we think doesn't make sense, there is some kind of reasoning and backstory behind it. And I, it's hard to really look at one character and be like, wow, I just 
you're poorly written or I just don't like you right. unless you were meant to be not liked. Um, I'm, I'm with you. You know, the Drangir was a threat I was actually worried about um, in terms of their portrayal. And then when I read Into the Dark, I was actually, okay, this is actually pretty good. I, and Into the Dark is one of my favorites, which we'll get into favorite books in a minute. But, uh, and then when they kind of kept showing up later, they weren't to focus anymore. And I, I don't think I want them to come back. Um, like you said, I think we're going to get more of them just because they are out there and they can wreak havoc. And the Nile worked with them before and planted their seeds all over the galaxy and they could probably do it again. So, um, I'm with you. I didn't hate them. I, 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 you don't love Geode. I love Geode. <laughs> uh, that's one I didn't expect. It's, that's a character I actually liked less in Into the Dark, but grew on me as we went on. So, um, yeah, I don't really have it. I'm, I'm cheating because I don't really have any characters. You answered better than I did. I don't really have any characters that I would put on the I don't like um, list or that didn't work for me. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Yeah, man, all of them up to Midnight Horizon. All of them, I, it, even up to Midnight Horizon. Um, and I'm for, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the main character of Midnight Horizon. Uh, what's her name? What's her name? Yeah, me too. I, just, I think I think it starts with an F, but it's not coming to me. It's it's not going to happen. But <laughs> even then, on the streets of Corellia and running that security business and having a found family and just wanting to. It, I, I, there's nothing to not like, um, so I that's a little bit of a a cheat answer, but you know that's that's just part of the game. All right, now top three favorite books. Um, all right, limiting it to three. So there's a there's going to be a lot that's going to be left out. I didn't I didn't I want to say this I didn't dislike any of the books um, uh, that I read. Um, if I had to give a you know out of the shadows that I didn't love, that was probably my least favorite, but I didn't dislike it. Um, you know, but it, it I just say it definitely didn't live up to my expectations. Um, my top three favorite, uh, Fallen Star is probably number one. It was so good, it was so good from start to from start to finish. I don't think there was another book in in the higher public that was from start to finish, just had me completely engrossed in the story and you know audible making audible noises while going through the story um there was i don't think any other other books did that this book was just it was fantastic claudia grady did a fantastic job perfect bow on bow on the you know whatever present whatever you want to whatever saying you want to use it was just perfect perfect ending um to phase one um so that's got to be number one uh, I probably put um, I probably put the Rising Storm at number two. It was also really good. Uh, Kevin Scott did a fantastic job with that book. You know, not really any complaints. Um, just the whole concept of everything there—the Republic Fair, the Nile attack, um, everything surrounding that—was really, really, really well done. Um, so that has to be. Uh, number two for me. And let's see, number three. Boy, it's really close between two, but I. Mm. Uh, honestly, number three for me 
Honestly, I don't I don't know. It's probably Tempest Runner. I I oh, love wow. Tempest Runner. Tempest Runner was really I, and I didn't wow. love it as much as I did. I knew I'd like it because I love all the audio. All the audio, especially when you have the full cast, it's like, come on, you know you're gonna get me with that. Um but I was I was that was another one. I was really engrossed. I'm like, wow. I did not think Lauren D was this deep. <laughs> I did not. I really didn't. But I was fully invested in what was going on with her and the Nile and her just being on her planet and then, you know, kind of just, just being just being used and just kind of just left to drive like just everybody. And just it was just it's sad. But and then just seeing her rise through the Nile and then her ultimate kind of confrontation with Panada, it was just great. The whole thing the whole thing was great. And as you can see, there's a pattern with Kevin Scott. He's done a great job with everything. <laughs> and there's they can't use him enough in uh in the higher public. He's done so good. So those are my top three. Um those are my top three books. I mean Into the Dark just 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 barely scraped out but Tempest Runner is just fantastic. So those are my top three. You know, that's a character that grew on me. Panata. Yeah, who, yeah. yeah he's who was just felt like a grunt who was kind of annoying and jockeying for power. Um, in the light of the Jedi, who we thought was eliminated and who right. wasn't. And then we think is eliminated in the Tempest Runner. And I think that went a long way. His The performance, and I've, I don't know who does the voice for him, but I, I actually loved him in oh, Tempest yeah. Runner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then he's not dead again. Like I'm pretty sure, but if, if I can't remember correctly, I think he's still alive by the end of Tempest Runner, somehow, some way. I can't remember exactly, but I remember being like at the end of the book, going, "Wait, what?" Still, but like I was okay with it. I could be, I could be completely wrong here, but I'm okay with that. But I could be completely wrong here. Um, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was dead, but I mean, I could be wrong. Like you said, he survived death. You know, I point. remember that even halfway through the book, he through Tempest Runner, he was killed or knocked out or whatever, yeah, well, and then he was came it. back again at the end. <laughs> Like he should have died multiple times and didn't. And usually, I sometimes I'd be like, "That's annoying." But I actually think they he, he, the use of him got better as time went on. Um, so I wasn't upset. So my three, my top three, um, and we've already already talked about it. Uh, would be the Rising Storm number one, uh, by Kevin Scott. Everything with the Republic flair on Valo. The really because it's the first time it's out of the adult novels. We only touch on some of these characters in Light of the Jedi because Light of the Jedi, in many ways, like the Fallen Star, is so it's scattered. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Fallen Star is more focused in its scattering, if that makes like any sense. The Light of the Jedi feels even bigger in scope and doesn't feel as focused, whereas the Fallen Star does. Yes. Yeah. Um. I so I'd probably put the Rising Storm. I think that's where we started to get really focused because there were only like four characters with, um, with a uh, point of views. And and that's not to say that we can't have more than that, but I think it was really focused. I loved what we got of Elzar and that beginning of that, you know, temptation and feelings and everything we saw of Stellan. And I guess I appreciate his arc more knowing where he went for how he started. Um, I loved Ty as a character. I thought she was a great addition and a great, a great dynamic to play off of. Cause at that point we'd still had just, there was Jedi, right? There were no outlaws or, you know, People among them that that were weren't part of, and she added a different dynamic. Someone who had left the the order and had become a saber for hire. So that was exciting to see a mercenary. Um, and then everything I think 
the first half of the book being this dread buildup, which is like the Fallen Stars. We're building towards the dread of what we know is happening. And then the attack on Velo on the Republic Fair and just seeing all that happen and just being at the edge of my seat for all of it, knowing that it's going to be a disaster, but what's going to be happen when Stellan is holding Lena so? Are we going to lose Lena so? Who has been this champion for uniting the galaxy? So I think it's another example of just on your on the edge of your seat writing. So that's my number one. Um, my number two and my number three are by the same author, and they're very close. Um, so they're really interchangeable, and I think that is Into the Dark by Claudia Gray and The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. I thought Into the Dark. I, we uh, we're I talk a lot about having focused, and I think that does help. It is it does help to have a book that's focused on smaller amount of characters. But I think it always just so great, and it kept going when I didn't think it would end, and not in a way that like oh I wish it would end already. But you know they end up on the Amaxine station. They encounter everything. We we get to meet all these characters halfway through the book. We go back to Coruscant, and then we still go back to the Amaxine station. And I think everything that happens there. The whole, the ship crew of Affy Geode and Leox, Affy's whole, I actually really liked Affy's whole um, issues going on with the Bind Guild that don't have the biggest impact on the rest of the, you know, the rest of the era and the rest of the phase, but there are small little things here and there, different ships and different characters we come across that are impacted by her decision. Um, and I really liked that. Uh, I loved Wreath. I thought Wreath, that was a great introduction for Wreath. Uh, I loved Comac. I loved seeing the seeds of Comac's yes. turn in Midnight Horizon. The seeds back then, with while the flashbacks didn't completely work for me with Orla Jereni in terms of, um, I didn't love how they contrasted against what was going on in present day. I just didn't think it synced as well. I do love them for what they explored in terms of grief and what the Order expects of you and the direction you take. Um, and then seeing that friendship with Orla Jereni that we know is so important and has such an impact later. So I guess a lot of it comes down to what it sets up for me. And I love, I love it being one of the first books to release in this era. I guess it also holds a special place in my heart. Um, and then, yeah, three, The Fallen Star. Yeah, everything you just said about it. I, I, edge of your seat writing, multiple perspectives. At this point, not to say it's easy, but we're already so invested in these characters by the time the fallen star comes out, right? Like a whole year of, of storytelling that, yep. yeah, you're, you're, you're so invested. You want to know what's going to happen. You know, the beacon's going to fall, but who's going to fall with it. And it, it's, it's the most, what's the word I'm going for? I think it's the most propulsive read out of all of the books. The easiest, if you're just sitting there and reading, to just kind of have to know what's going on, what's coming next, so you just keep flipping and you keep going, um, and you don't you don't wait. Um, so those would be my top three. Um, but like you said, there aren't really any that I didn't like. Yeah. I'm with you on the Out of the Shadows commentary, right? Like it wasn't my favorite; it's my least favorite of the books. But I absolutely still like enjoyed my time with it for the most part. It's not a bad. It's definitely. It's not, not a bad, bad book at all. And she she's not a bad author. Justina Ireland. I also want to give a shout out. As I only said top three, I want to give a shout out to Mission to Disaster. Oh yeah. I want to give a shout out to Mission to Disaster because it doesn't feel like a middle middle grade novel at all. Um, it feels like an it feels like a young adult novel. It does, and it's so short and small. But it, the the impact and the way they explore these characters, Vernestra and Imri. And everyone else, I was floored by. And I also want to give a special shout out to Midnight Horizon. 
it, you know, it has that it's at, was that the, it was the last book. Midnight Horizon. I think, I think I liked Midnight Horizon. I think if I had to pick like a, a fourth favorite, it would be that because Midnight Horizon really, it has stayed with me more than I ever thought it would. Like when it was first coming, when it was first announced and it's going to be Wraith and Comac and the High Republic Adventures characters, which I liked some, not all, but you know, I, I love by now, but when it was announced, like, mm, I don't know. Uh, what is it going to do? I'm really waiting for the Fallen Star. What are, what more are we going to get a month after I read the Fallen Star? Right? And then I'm proven wrong. It adds to the Fallen Star, but also tells a wonderful story on attachments and love and grief and family in in a way I wasn't expecting. So if I had to also give a shout out, it be, would be for Midnight Horizon. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Midnight Horizon. I mean, I'm... I'm... That's an, he's an, uh, Daniel Jose Older is another he's an, he's someone else that I'm kind of hoping to see more of uh, in the second phase. Midnight Horizon was was great. It was so good. It was so good. So I'm really hoping that that uh, that he kind of gets more. I'd love to see him take an adult novel now. Like I I know there there's this um, he has done an adult he's done an adult Star Wars novel. He did Last Shot, the Han Solo. Right. Um, book that came out right around the time Solo um, was released in theaters. But I would love to see him because I think the characters, unfortunately, that he's created, like you see Midnight Horizon, but I, I implore you, I implore you to read High Republic Adventures because those characters that are created, unfortunately, because it's the Adventures comic, it's the young adult novel, it won't get as many eyes. It just won't. And I think those are characters that need to be seen. That just need to be seen and for everyone to fall in love with. So I would love, because we know he's more than capable of writing it. It has nothing to do with that. I would love to see him do an, a young, a, an adult novel with all the characters that he has. With Kansom, with Yoda, with with Ram, Jamaran, with Wreath, um, with with Lula and Zine. It's just a hope, it's a hope of mine because I, I want to see more of these characters. And I want more people to fall in love with them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, um, and I will read, uh, <laughs> the high Republic adventures. I know. I really know. I do. I know I have to, but, but I completely agree. Um, I, I hope he gets to do like an adult novel. Um, I haven't read last shot. That's another one that, that one of these days, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna decide to read. Like I'm, I'm also randomly started, Battlefront Twilight Company again, which is also very good. Um, so that's another one I'll get to because Midnight Horizon was fantastic. So if this last shot is anything like that one, I'm sure that one that that book is great as well. Oh, oh man! So did I? I I really think that was like all of the questions I had, and all of the top. And uh, you know, I don't really want to because we liked all of the. I you know, I did least favorite characters, favorite characters. Um, here, let's round it out with this. Yeah, let's sorry. round it out. Let's round it out with this. Okay. Favorite moment of the first year of High Republic. Not a book, just a moment. Way it could be it could be a scene between characters. I know like I probably should have asked you this last week and be like, all right, have this moment ready to talk about. But I guess when you think High Republic, and and I guess this will be the way that we really end this episode. What is one moment, and it doesn't even have to be your favorite, what's one moment that really sticks out to you that you would also say is like a selling point that you would tell someone else about as a reason that they should go and 
immerse themselves in the High Republic era? She's uh, a singular moment. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not sorry, but I'm so sorry. Mm. Honestly, the moment that the first moment that jumps out to me, I mean, of course, I, I mean, we were just talking about Midnight Horizon, but when Yoda shows up in Midnight Horizon, because oh, that'll definitely get Star- that will get Star Wars fans talking too. It will, and he's been gone this whole time, and there's been so much death and suffering, and you're just like, what can we do? And then Yoda shows up, and we know what Yoda represents to Star Wars fans throughout all these eras. And for him to show up at that moment in such a dark time, and it's just there's so much hope when he shows up. So it's it's got to be when Yoda shows up in uh, Midnight Horizon for me. I I I think that works. It works on multiple levels, right? Because we don't see Yoda at all after he disappears right. in the first or second issue of the comic series, and then he shows up in this epic fashion at the end of Midnight Horizon, saves everyone. And then you know is going to play a major part going into phase three. So um, I and of course, it's Yoda. So it's a great it's actually a great like you've really answered my question on all levels. It's a great way to also get other people to be like, hey, yo, look, Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. Get people invested. So that's a good moment. Um, Okay, so the first thing that actually comes to my mind and I I actually mentioned it um, earlier. And I think it's you talked about hope. All right, mm-hmm. like ending it on a on a on a way of hope, like like him coming in is this hope. There's this self, like there's there's something on the horizon. We can figure this out. Um, in that same vein, and I guess it's shading. It's both of us just are choosing moments that were released at the very end of the era. Um, but mine would be from the final issue of the High Republic comic. Um, mm-hmm. there is a moment where where Estella Maru is in the beacon. I mentioned it is holding it up by himself. Yes. And and at first Avar um is helping helping him and then he pushes her like you know gets the droid to push her out of the way and he reminds her that she was the shining star. Right? And in a way reminds her that even and and he he has this he's not down and out about whatever he's doing. He's he is in the moment he's doing what he knows he has to do. And he's reminding Avar of of who she is. Not who she was, but who she is, and that she m- lost track of during this entire tumultuous first year. And it's this, and a- after she crashes down on Aaron, she says to, or I- I'm probably saying it wrong. Am I saying it wrong? The planet, uh, Irem? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's Irem. Irem. Yeah, and she Irem. says to Keeve, you know, Estala, he, he said I was, he said... And like, you know, it's it, it's going to reverberate her with her for a long time. And I think she kind of found her light again. So th- I think that's just another moment of hope in what became a very dark period for the Republic and for the Jedi Order. Um, so that would be my moments. Um, there are a ton of other moments, too, that that obviously we could obviously talk about. Um, I think one of the it, uh, we can't list them out. And, yeah. and I, we could do we could do a whole nother because I have others on the top of my head that are just like flowing in now. Now that I asked this question, I got us both thinking. Um, but but the High Republic is just a special era filled with some of the best Star Wars storytelling we've ever seen. Hands down. Bar none. I, I think we've always had great stories in every er- every era of mm-hmm. High Republic. But I think this is just chock full of 
wonderful stories, characters that I have come to love and care about and want to see just as much as I want to see any other character in all of Star Wars, um, who I care about as much as almost any other character in all of Star Wars. So uh, I implore, if you have clicked on this episode, you have probably already read The High Republic or, I, or, or consumed it in some form. And if you have, then I'm so glad that you have been on this journey. I'm so glad that that the Star Wars fandom has pretty much un- like completely accepted the High Republic. I there's not much to say in terms of outside of people talking about representation that they don't like and Star Wars being too woke, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I have never I have not seen any legitimate like critique or complaint for the High Republic. It has been nothing but love. And this is a special time. Outside of all the other Star Wars content we're getting right now in the middle of this publication initiative, um, it's a special time to be a Star Wars fan. So um, that is my last piece on the High Republic. I, I don't think we're going to touch on it too much over the next few months, but give me your last words on the High Republic. Uh, I mean, I think, I think you put it, you put it, I think you put it perfectly, honestly. It's been such a joy. Um, as you said, to be able to read these stories um, so well planned, so well put together, um, such high quality writing, the writing so well done. Um, again, like you said, shout out to all the authors, all the editors, everyone involved in this project. It really is one of the best, um, some of the best Star Wars stuff, like period. You know, hopefully more people uh, can can consume it, can see it, can enjoy it. Um, you know, hopefully these other mediums that it'll come out in, like the game and the other things that do it justice and get people more interested in it. Because it's really, 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 really good. <laughs> so so um, I'm really looking forward to phase two. Um, I feel like this these next few months are just gonna blow by and then we'll be anticipating the next book. Um, so yeah, it's just it's been great and I can't wait for more. Uh just so we can uh enjoy it and then talk more about it. Agreed. I cannot wait. Um, dude, I'm glad we had this uh this just branching multi-topic conversation on the higher public. Um yeah, we've been doing it every month, obviously for since january but but it i'm very glad and i'm glad i went without structure i think i think we had a good conversation i'm 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 happy we did this oh yeah yeah this yeah this was a great conversation it was um it was and uh i i like that it was free free flowing uh dude where can people find you outside of this podcast of course um so you can find me uh me and my brothers have our own podcast network as well called the new generation podcast network that's n you generation podcast network um and you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts just search it up and it will come up um and we also have a youtube channel new generation media that's nu generation media um so please subscribe to that Uh, there's a lot of hero stuff a lot of sports stuff um and some star wars stuff as well and i have a different another star wars podcast i do with my younger brother as well on the new generation podcast network called the imperial broadcast uh so please check that out as well uh, we have a ton of Star Wars content coming up. Um, not us particular, I shouldn't say that. I'm at Star Wars fans, though, of course, that with so much content, that means we will have shows to put together. So we've been kind of spotty the last few weeks. 
um and that's you know mostly on me um but but we do have a lot this week in particular was pretty big for star wars we had queen's hope um the final book in ek johnston's uh padme amidala trilogy uh so that'll that that you'll be getting an episode on in a couple in a couple weeks time and then we also had the release of lego star wars the skywalker saga um now neither shamari nor i have been able to dive into it yet and it promises to be a sprawling massive undertaking um odds are we won't get to all of it before we talk about it but we will talk about it um sometime soon uh so and then of course next month we have obi-wan kenobi with a two episode premiere at the end of the month on may 27th so that's exciting we have a ton of star wars to look forward to thank you for joining us and listening and we will see you next time